The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. I am Dan. As always, we are very happy to have you with us and look forward to spending the next hour with you and uh, sharing an incredible story of God working in the life of uh, our interview guest today. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. want to make sure that I welcome Everyone who's listening on all of our stations, of course, our flagship station is uh, WGTK 94.5 FM, The Answer. Also, WZLA down in Abbeville, Spartanburg Sports Radio, the Fox Sports affiliate there, and my buddy Jazzy Jeff Bright, station 107.9 FM, sunny 107.9 FM in Salem. It's good to have all of you with us, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening back on the archives via the Dan Scott Show podcast All we ask is, A, you continue to listen, and B, you share it and help us grow this thing. I've got some big news for you right off the top. When we began this uh, new venture, I really felt like God was leading us in the direction to be able to pay off the radio show for an entire year ahead of time. And that it, there's a, a backstory to that, making some mistakes that I'd made in the past and trying to avoid those and, and uh, wanting to give the radio show a foundation to grow from. Well, this week, I visited my buddy Craig DeBolt at 94.5 FM, The Answer, the Salem media station that is where we are originating this show from and delivered to him a check to pay off the balance of the first full year. So we have that foundation. Many of you who are listening have had a part in that, and all I can say is from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. And now, and we'll talk about this at the end of the show, it's on to the next phase and growing this thing beyond where we are now. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Our guest on this edition of the Dan Scott Show is a guy that I've been friends with for a long, long time. Eric Bowman uh, is in grocery store management with our friends at Ingalls. And uh, he and I met years ago back when uh, Angela and I lost our minds and opened a barbecue restaurant in Liberty, South Carolina. Eric was one of the few regular customers that we had in the year that we had the restaurant. And we got to know each other very, very well. Uh, A few years after that, uh, in fact, 11 years ago, Eric and his wife, Kim, went through an unspeakable tragedy when their seven-year-old daughter, Emma, riding her scooter, was struck and killed by a car just outside their house. And if you put that in perspective, Emma would have graduated high school last June and would be a freshman in college now. That 11 years in many ways is a short time frame, but it is also a very long time frame. Statistics say that parents who lose a child are likely to get divorced. As we visit with Eric Bowman, you're going to find out, obviously with he and Kim, that's not the case. And one of the many surprising ways in which God has blessed them. When we come back, you're going to hear an interview that I did about nine months ago with Eric Bowman and talking about how God has sustained he and Kim through the loss of Emma and what good has come out of that. We'll get into all of that when we come back right after you hear this about Grand Slam Ministries. Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways through this radio show and its accompanying online, digital, and video components, through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and grandslamministries.org, and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. 
None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help this program remain on this radio station, you'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website at grandslamministries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. Above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. This is episode four of the brand new Dan Scott Show. Radio stations around the upstate of South Carolina looking to expand, and we'll visit that idea at the end of the show. Want to get right into this interview, though. Eric Bowman and his wife, Kim, 11 years ago, lost their daughter, Emma, who was seven years old at the time. And uh, we began the interview by talking about that day. Here's what Eric Bowman had to say. Yep, I I got up for work. It was a Thursday. Um, just just and like you said, it was a it was a completely um, normal day. Uh, went to work uh, that day in February. Um, was actually mild for February. It had, it had been very uh, rainy and cool leading up to that. But that day, uh, I think was uh, it was sunny. It was in the 60s. It was just a it, it was a beautiful day. Um, Emma came home from school. At that time, Kim um, uh, was was not employed, and we really didn't. There was a bunch of circumstances in that, and really didn't understand, um, you know, why that had taken place. But she had been unemployed for about a month. I, I look back on that now. Again, that was just God um, giving giving Mama um, time with uh, with her children, um, and she went and picked up uh, Houston and Emma from school, and uh, when they got home, they they finished their homework. And Houston wanted to go across the road and uh, shoot basketball. Our neighbor had a basketball goal, and they also had a circle driveway. So Emma wanted to go across the road with Houston um, and ride her scooter in that circle driveway uh, while he was shooting basketball. So they were out there for a time. And um, the way the road in front of that house is, there's a hill going down that road. Uh, there's a stop sign. Then you the you cross the road. Uh, over to to our house and Emma you know had had walked across that road had rode across that road um, many many times and never had you know never had any any problem um, he, she was ready to go home she told Houston she was ready to go home and Houston said okay I'm gonna make a couple of more shots and um, Emma went ahead and took off down the road uh, I'm not sure um, if if she thought the road was clear and it just wasn't. I'm not sure if she just neglected to look, uh, but as she was going to, she would go across that road into the neighbor's driveway and then walk into our yard. And uh, as she was crossing that road at, at that exact moment, uh, a car was coming up the road and struck Emma through her probably uh, 50 yards. Um, my wife, Kim was in the house. Uh, she heard She heard that noise and instantly she knew something was really wrong, uh, ran out the door, um, and they, they went down and found Emma. Uh, 911 had been called. I, I believe that Emma was probably uh, already in the arms of Jesus, um, even, even on the side of that road. But they, uh, they took her to the hospital, uh, did everything that they could. Um, but Emma, unfortunately, was not here anymore. And the, the last thing that she told Houston uh, before she started down that road was I'm going home Houston and in reality that's that's exactly what she did 
And, you know, you think about, um, you know, God, God could have slowed that car down by three seconds. He could have sped Emma up by three seconds. There's so many, he could have not had that car on the road. He could have had it been raining where Houston and Emma wouldn't even went outside. Um, but Emma had an appointment and we, we all have that same appointment and we're not going to miss it. We're not going to be one second late for it. So thinking about all the, the what ifs and to me, I, I, that, that doesn't really, that doesn't really help. It was, that was Emma's appointment and Emma, um, Emma felt absolutely no pain. Uh, Emma went from being on that road, uh, to being in heaven in the arms of Jesus, uh, in that moment. How long did it take you and, and Kim and, and maybe two completely different timetables to come to grips with the fact that she had an appointment and, and, and that that's what God's plan was and, and nothing that, that you could have done was going to change that. How long did it take you to come to grips with that? You know, that's one question. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I'm not really sure of the answer because I remember that night, you know, when I got the call at work and my neighbor told me that Emma had been hit by a car, even as I was, you know, frantically rushing to the hospital, um, still in my mind, I was thinking, there's no way that I can lose my baby girl. And I prayed, you know, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this has happened. Um, but if you have to have somebody from my family today, please, you take me, do not take my baby girl. I cannot live without one of my children. And I don't know, I guess immediately for me, almost the reality was setting in, um, when I got to the hospital and, and, you know, when I walked, as soon as I walked into the room, they were, um, they were still doing uh, chest compressions. And as I walked in, um, the, the doctor turned around and he said, I, I'm sorry, there's nothing else that we can do. And, and I'm standing there just in, I'm, I'm like, no, that's not what, I, <laughs> no, you got to do something else. And my sister said, uh, and I don't even remember doing this, but my sister was in the room too. And she said, I ran over there and I grabbed Emma and I said, Emma, I need you. You can't leave me. Um, but really, like I said, in that, in that cold, uh, dark reality, I think I, I, I think deep down I already, I'm not sure when I could verbalize it, but I already realized that, you know, this is God's plan. And, um, you know, we have in any storm in this life, we, we have two options. We can quit or we can fight. And, you know, quitting is easy, um, but fighting is hard. And I just knew, and I, I walked down into the, I walked out into the hallway and I told my 11 year old son um, that Emma was gone. And, you know, he, he, you know, said, no, no, no. Everything that you expect an 11 year old to say, um, you know, I remember I got down on my knees and I looked him in his eye and I said, son, I'm, this, I'm, I'm your daddy and I'm going to be the same daddy to you tonight through all this and through whatever comes um, that, that you've always had. And, you know, Kim and I both have worked really hard. A lot of times parents lose, lose a child and then forget that they have another child. And we, we really worked hard to be the same exact parents to Houston um, that, that we that we always had been and all we could really look at to make sure we were doing that correctly um, is the, the the tangible things that you can look at we he, he, he never he never let up on his athletics he was a great athlete all through high school never let up on his academics he never made a B at any grade uh, at, at any level and, and finished salutatorian in his class um, I feel like you know God God dumped a double portion of blessing um, out on Houston, uh, you know, because I, frankly, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have faced anything else. And there's a lot of trouble that kid, teenagers can get into. And Houston, uh, praise the Lord, has never, has never caused us a minute's trouble. Eric Bowman joining us here on.
on the show, I was uh, was going to ask you how how Houston responded to that, and and that is so great to hear. And and listening to your response and his response, all I can hear in my mind uh, is going to the scripture where where Paul asked three times for for whatever the thorn in his flesh was to be removed, and God said, "No, my grace is sufficient for you." It goes back to the very beginning of our conversation. You know what what you wanted personally, uh, Emma, you can't leave me. Uh, I need yeah. you. And God said, no, Eric, my grace is, is sufficient for you. As, as a former pastor of mine used to say, that's easy preaching, but hard living. And, and you, right. you, you and Kim have left it. The other, the other person that I wanted to ask you about, um, what was the, the person who was driving the car? Um, what, what, what do you know about them? What, what was that conversation like has there ever been a conversation has was there ever any communication what happened with 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 that situation well um so ironically enough um her daughter um the the lady that that hit him her daughter had worked for me at Ingalls and I found out through um this was several days later um that that she had not um had not not gotten up out of her bed um, since, since, since she, since that happened. Um, so, um, Kim and I, and this is probably, I don't know, three or four days after, after Emma went to heaven, we, we got in our car and she just lived right down the road. Um, and we went and we went and saw her and knocked on her door. Her mama came to the door. Her mama knew who we were. And I asked to, I asked to speak to her and we, uh, went into the house. She came out of her bedroom. We sat down at her kitchen table and basically, um, we just loved on her. Um, and we told her that we, this wasn't, this was an accident and it could have ended up many different ways. Unfortunately, um, we have a connection now, uh, forever with, with you. Um, and we have a storm that we have to go through and we have to face, and you also have uh, a storm that you have to go through and you have to face. And I told her, I said, I'm just telling you, this is not where God would want you to be. Uh, locked up in your bedroom, not going to work, not saying you not, not, don't ever want to drive again. Um, this is not where, where God would have you to be. And basically, uh, we just tried to encourage her. And through all these years, um, you know, we have kept in touch with her. Um, and, and again, another uh, sidebar to the story, uh, she actually, the, the girl that worked for me at Angles, she actually lost her daughter. Um, so now we have a further connection with her. Um, and, you know, when that happened, uh, we went back over to her house. We, we, we encouraged her. We loved on her. She knew she was sitting with people uh, who knew exactly how she felt losing a child. Uh, hers was up much older than Emma's, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, Dan, your, your girls are all grown up with kids of their own. They're still your baby girls. Absolutely. That, that doesn't, that doesn't change. Um, so there has never, ever been, um, any, any kind of, um, any kind of ill will, um, towards, towards our family and their family. Um, and, and again, now we, you know, want to even love on her even more, um, cause she's, she faces, um, the same thing that we have and, and now more because she was involved in Emma's accident and then ended up, um, losing a child of her own. Um, but we love that lady have I, and, and love on that lady, uh, every opportunity that we get. And again, that I don't know why God, uh, God chose her, uh, to, to be a part of that day. Uh, but he did. And it was just, uh, that was, that was part of the way that, uh, God allowed everything to to transpire. Obviously, again, we we keep coming back to the theme of God's grace. Gave you the grace to react that way. Initially, was there any kind of uh, mm-hmm. of, of rage reaction that you know this is the person who killed my child? Did you have to take a step back, or or what was the initial reaction? We need to love on this lady. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if it had been under, you know, if, if there had been something, um, you know, where she was going 80 miles an hour down the road or she was uh, mm. driving um, impaired, 
Um, but, but none of that was the case. This lady was, uh, on her way home from work and, you know, the, the way that road sets up, there were bushes, um, in the, the uh, directly across the road from, uh, the house that Houston and Emma were playing at. And, you know, she probably just didn't see Emma's little head coming down that, uh, hill. Her car ran very quiet and maybe Emma didn't, uh, maybe di Emma didn't hear it, um, but the reality is, um, you know, that that car belonged on the road, mm -hmm. and the one that didn't belong on the road. And I mean, I, I played in the road when I was a kid. I'm sure, you did. I mean, we. It's just something that that kids do, and we just are, are as careful uh, as we can be. Um, but you know, Emma Emma's didn't belong in that road, and unfortunately, um, it just it was just a a, a tragic um, a tragic accident. Uh, but no, not even, not even that night, you know, in the hospital, I, I never, I did ask, you know, what, what was the circumstances with the lady and somebody told me she was just driving home from work. So I, I never, I never was, um, I never was angry at her. Eric, how, in the, in the immediate days and weeks after, how did it affect your relationship with Kim, your, your wife? And, and did that evolve over time? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, a lot of times um, something like this will, will break a family up. And I think that um, Kim and I just knew that we were in something, uh, we, we were in a storm that we never, ever thought we'd be in, that we never saw coming. Uh, and we knew we had that 11-year-old boy that had to have his mama and daddy. Um, I think that Kim and I, um, we grieved together. Uh, we also grieved separately. Um, in many ways, we grieved in different ways. But you know, ultimately, it it made it made us a um, it made us a stronger family unit. And I think again that that's not anything that that we necessarily did. That was that was God. Um, and you know, people that go through something like this uh, like you alluded to earlier you're going to turn to something um and a lot of times the things that you turn to are not good you may turn to alcohol you may turn to drugs um we turn to the only the only place that we felt comfortable turning and to the one that we knew um would guide us through and that was that was jesus christ and um and like i said i think he i think it made our um, family unit, um, stronger, uh, not, not weaker as a result of this. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but th there, there are a large number of, of families who go through something like this and, and parents end up getting divorced because the stress is just, is just so great that they can't handle it. Um, not only did you and Kim not get divorced, God's grace was was enough to to allow you to to come through it together but he also blessed you with another child after that Hudson who was born in 2016 he, he's five almost six years old um that that had to be just an incredible experience on top of everything else that we're talking about here oh it uh you know I tell people I, I love all my kids the same but Hudson is, um, I feel God's greatest gift to us. Um, he was a, he was a surprise. Um, I was 45 years old, uh, when, and Kim was 39 when, when she became pregnant with Hudson. It, it couldn't uh, be that much of a surprise, Eric. I mean, we know how it <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> well, yes, we do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and I tell people I, I needed, I really needed Hudson in my twenties. Uh, he, he's, uh, he wears an old man out, but I'm telling you, he, I just think that through our, uh, faithfulness, uh, to God, um, and I, I feel like that that was, that was God's special, uh, gift to us. He knew we needed some joy. And, you know, now that Hudson is, he's not far from here. He's just going to school at Clemson, but he's not in our home anymore. And, um, I, I think sometimes, you know, what if, 
what if we didn't have Hudson? I think mm-hmm. that it would be really quiet, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, again, it, it's God's perfect plan, um, and, and Hudson, he keeps, us, uh, he keeps us alive. He keeps us so busy, um, and, you know, he is – he is a blessing uh, directly from God, and I honestly, um, and we'll find out when we get on the other side, but I believe that that in heaven uh, that Emma helped pick Hudson out and helped, uh, you know, help Jesus pick him out to send him to us, and there's things that he says um, that would make you believe that he knows Emma, and I believe um, like I said, we don't know what's going on on that side and we don't know how, how all that works, but I, I, I think that Hudson has, has already met Emma and then one day we'll, we'll all be together again. We know how rambunctious little boys are, uh, and, and, and given the, the, the tragedy that we're talking about here with, with, with Emma, do, do you resist the urge to kind of wrap Hudson in bubble wrap and not let him be a little boy? Well, and you know, that... We, we talked about that. Uh, Kim and I did when, when she was pregnant with Hudson. And again, that is something that we have made the same with Houston, how we made a decision that we had to parent him exactly the same. Um, we have done the same with Hudson. Um, and I don't know, I think naturally as you get older, you worry more naturally anyway. Um, but we have, we have let him be a little boy. Um, you know, we, he, he, and he, and he rides his bike and he rides his scooter. Well, not a scooter. He doesn't have a scooter, but he rides his bike and he plays and runs around anytime that he is anywhere near the road. Um, one of us is standing, you know, right there with him. That is one thing that, you know, we, we're not just gonna, um, you know, leave, leave the chance ever again. But, um, outside of that, we, we have allowed him um, to be a little boy. And I, I think that he, um, he deserves that. And, um, he, he, he skins his knee and, um, gets bruises all over his body, just like every other little boy and runs around and plays. And it's not, it's just a, he's nonstop. I mean, he, he never gets tired. Um, but no, we've, we've made a conscious because I, you know, I thought about that, you know, what if we were ever blessed with another child, how would I be towards that child and you know I, I just I don't think that it's it wouldn't be fair to not let him be a little boy so we have we have allowed him um and, and again brought him up the same same way we did with with Houston and Emma that, that's it's easy to say but it's got to be hard to do it is it is well you know the reality is a lot of a lot of this as I sit here and and I and I recollect and I talk and you know I minister to um, lots of people, um, lots of times, people that have lost children, um, just people that are going through deep valleys in their life. And, you know, sometimes I will, I will say something and, you know, in that moment, I'll think, man, you know, that, that's really impactful. That really, I know that's going to impact that person's life. The thing of it is, it, it sounds good coming out and it sounds good going in those ears, but fleshing this out day by day is really hard. Um, so it's easy, it's easier to, to talk, to minister, to try to help folks. Um, but you know, in reality, we, we're, um, yeah, we're 10 years in and people say, it gets easier with time. And in some ways it does, it's the wound is not fresh. Um, in some ways, um, the yearning, the longing, um, it gets worse, you know, because now I I've been more years without Emma uh, than I had, than I had with Emma mm-hmm. and, you know, saying, saying all these things, um, is easier than actually living and fleshing all this out. Yeah. As I, I said, for those who are listening to us, we're, we're doing this via zoom and every once in a while, Eric is dabbing his eyes, you know, it, it, it's still, the, the wound is still there. Uh, you still get emotional, um, e- even 10 years later. And, and, and we talked about it. She, she would have graduated high school this year uh at some point she would have gone on to college and and you would have been the father of the bride and and also all of those things uh, you talk about it in one sense not not getting easier part of it does get easier some of it doesn't get easier because there are those things that you're not going to to get to experience so so i i i think i understand where you're coming from 
when you say that. Um, one of the first things that I remember after this happened, and I want to transition as, as we come down the stretch here to, to how you have used this tragedy to try to help other people. It wasn't too long after, it, in my mind anyway, it may have been some time, but I remember seemingly very shortly after this happened, Eric, that, that you and, and Kim sponsored a blood drive in her name, uh, at, at the Ingalls there in Liberty or, or somewhere. But, but, but the point is that you, you, you seem to immediately start to try to use this tragedy in a way to bring some good in a way to try to help other people. Was that a defense mechanism as, as a way to try to get by? What was it? An, an immediate understanding of the calling that God was putting on your life at the time. Wh- where did that come from? Really? I think, I think Dan, it was a, I think it was a combination of that mm-hmm. um, because we, we just really didn't know what to do. And, you know, I just knew that we needed to be doing something because if we just, um, if we just sat around and grieved that really wasn't going to be good for us um so you know in the things that we began to do and it was pretty pretty immediate um you know we we just knew we needed to be busy and if we're going to be busy we need to be busy about um you know doing uh doing the lord's work and trying to um allow god to receive the um the glory uh, that he wished to receive, um, out of this tragedy. So I think it was both, um, you know, I, I, I do, I almost immediately believed, believed, I felt it that God had put a, a different calling on Eric Bowman. Uh, and I wasn't really sure what that calling would be, what, what it would, what it would end up being. I, I didn't know if I would end up, you know, in, 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 as a pastor in the ministry, I didn't know, I just felt a, a higher calling. And, and what I've figured out over these years is um, my, what my calling is, um, is to um, to allow God to use me exactly where he puts me, wherever that might be, whether it's in uh, the grocery store, uh, whether it's in uh, the mayor's office in politics, whatever role he has me in um, to embrace that role uh, and to let my light shine, um, for him each and every day. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it was a combination of that. We, we just knew we needed to do something. Um, and we, we, and whatever we did, we wanted to help people and honor and glorify God. You wrote a book about this experience, uh, a few years ago called Emma, her journey from here to heaven. People can, can uh, Google search that and, and find it uh, and, and, and get more detail about some of the things we're talking about here. Uh, you, you speak uh, and, and minister in a number of different places, whether it's in churches or you've tell me you've done prison ministry. You, 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 you've, you've talked to, to parents who've been through similar things. Um, it, it sounds like this has very much become your calling now. Yeah, it has. And, 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 you know, like I said, it's, uh, again, it's just being, being a willing, uh, a willing vessel. I mean, God, God doesn't, God doesn't need you and I to do anything. He can do, he spoke an entire universe into existence, but what he desires is, um, for us to be willing, um, to do, to share, uh, to be the, that vessel for him. And, 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 and like I said, really, uh, to let our light shine. And, you know, many times people will come in the store and it's not even, it's not even people that I've ever, that I've ever had a conversation with. And they'll walk up to me and they'll say, you know, I know who you are. I know what you've been through. And I just want you to know that we have watched you and watched your family and y'all are amazing to us. And, you know, that's the thing when we as Christians, um, the non-Christian folks, they, they watch us and they want to know, uh, is there a difference? And unfortunately, especially in the world we live in today, uh, they look at Christians and they look at them doing the same things they do and worse. Um, so I think a lot of it is 
you know, not, not only, not only what you speak into people, but what they, what do they see? Uh, what do, how do my employees at Ingalls, how do they see me act and how do those customers see me act and react to things? And, um, it, it is, it's a, uh, it's a it's a higher calling um and you know i i live my life with the perspective that i have jesus who watches over me um now i know jesus in my heart jesus uh speaks loud and clear to me in my heart uh but i've never uh i've never touched jesus's flesh i've never hugged jesus's neck um on the other hand i also have my little girl and she's in heaven with jesus and I have hugged her neck. I've kissed her cheek. Uh, I was the best daddy to her that I could be for those seven years. And I live with the perspective that I have my Jesus and my Emma uh, that look down on me and watch me. And I would not ever want my sweet girl to go to Jesus and say, I can't believe my daddy did that. And that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard way to live your life but at the same time um it allows you to and I'm, I'm still i'm far from perfect i i can control my hands i can control my feet i can control my mouth the thoughts in this head i still have trouble with that mm -hmm. um i think jesus understands uh but you know it it, it makes me really strive and work hard to be the, the very best uh christian that i can be um for, for God each and every day. And, and that's, and, you know, another perspective is we get so wrapped up in things in this life. And I, and I still do it too. Um, that really don't make a hill of beans that tomorrow are not going to matter one iota. And we let one little thing just completely destroy our day and, you know, li living day by day, um, and, and asking for that daily bread and strength and grace to get through this day. Um, I do still, I do still get wrapped up in stuff occasionally, but I, I'm much better at living my life moment by moment and just knowing that this moment right here is bad. This moment right here is no good, but there's probably a better moment coming right behind this. So let's not get so wrapped up in this moment that I miss that next good moment. Yeah, I, I like the way you put it uh, in our, uh, our our online conversation yesterday. You you don't major in the minors. You you, you right. don't you don't let the little things encapsulating and the other thing that you were talking about that i that i, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit uh my girls anyway uh if if i did something that upset them they went and told their mama like like they were tattling on me so i can imagine you know emma's telling jesus look what my daddy did you know it's bad enough you know they're telling telling mama look what daddy did now you got one tell jesus look what my daddy did uh, I don't know that I envy you at all, pal. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> hey, uh, tell tell me about Emma Caps uh, and, and uh, some of the maybe some of the other things that that you're doing right now to 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 again keep her memory alive and try to help other people. So Emma Caps is something that we started again almost immediately. Um, uh, Mr. Lane Wood came with me. He he is a paramedic with Pickens County EMS, and he told me about an idea that he had. Uh, to where we would begin to fundraise and every year um, donate bicycle helmets uh, to the first graders at Emma School. Um, and we named this program uh, Emma Caps. Uh, we have on the side of uh, each of those helmets, on both sides, there's, there's angel wings with Emma's name right in the middle. And the caps is spelled K-A-P-P-S, and it stands for Kids Are Precious People. And we initially started that out with Emma School, which then was Chastain Road Elementary. Um, and then eventually we began doing it uh, for Chastain Road Elementary and Liberty Elementary. Uh, now there's just one school over there, Liberty Primary School, where they go um, K-5 first and second. And then Liberty Elementary has them from uh, third through fifth. But each year in May, our, this one's coming up on May 20th, um, we give those helmets out to all the first graders. Um, and we also, uh, we talk about, uh, bicycle safety. Um, we have a lady come and talk about, um, pool and water safety with the children, uh, about when they're riding their scooters or their bicycles to, um, to wear their Emma cap or wear a helmet. Um, in Emma's case, I don't think that it would have, uh, affected that outcome. 
Um, but you know, if one of these little kids, and uh, we've already heard of instances where they, they were in some, some, you know, some scrape ups and some, some, some more major than that. And that helmet helped keep them here on planet earth. Um, but you know, as we, and then I speak, I talk to those first graders. Uh, I talk about, uh, who Emma was, um, that, that, that was Emma's school. That's where she went. Um, and then another thing we do is we bring Emma's first grade class, all those that are, that are still in Liberty, we bring all those kids back. So every year, uh, and they help us hand out the helmets mm. every year. Uh, I've watched those kids, um, go from seven year olds all the way to, um, beautiful, um, teenage, um, young men and young women. And, you know, I just think back when I was in high school, um, along the way, we lost kids and we just knew they were in class with us one day. And then the next day we came to class and they weren't there anymore. And somebody said, you know, that they had died. This had happened, that had happened. And right now I couldn't tell you any of the, any of those kids names. Um, in this case right here, I wanted to make sure that Emma's first grade class, when they walked across that stage, that they knew that there was supposed to be one more. Mm-hmm. And every year those kids come back, they shed tears with us, um, and they've not ever forgotten. And and when they graduate, they will remember um, that there was there was there should have been there should have been one more. Um, you know, time has a way. Um, of just making people forget. And, you know, I, I don't want them to ever forget um, that little seven-year-old curly-headed, beautiful child that they went to school with. Uh, and my plan is, um, it may it, it may even become bigger than this one day, but um, after we, we wanted to do the, the helmets through the year that Emma would have graduated, uh, and I do want to continue that, um, at least initially with some type of a scholarship uh, in Emma's name, uh, to a senior who uh, is not like my, not like my oldest son, Houston, mm. who was the, um, you know, salutatorian of his class and who things came to so easily. I think that Emma would have been a child that would have not been very academically gifted. She did not like school. One <laughs> iota, she fought us every morning about going to school. Um, but you know, a kid that maybe wouldn't even go to college without some academic help or so I want to get, and I, and I've told the, the, the administration at Liberty high school, I want them to, cause I'm not going to know those kids, but mm. this is the type of kid I want you to identify for me uh, when we begin doing the scholarship, cause that's the type of kid that I want to receive this in Emma's honor. Will you and Kim go to the uh, Liberty high graduation this year? Have yes. you thought about that? Yes. Yes, when she, uh, they did a little graduation um, from from Chastain Road um, when 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 she would have been leaving the fifth grade going to middle school, mm-hmm. and they were that that school was very kind. They they had a they had a chair for Emma. Um, they had a bouquet of flowers in that chair for Emma. Uh, we sat beside that chair, um, you know, and I I'm sure that Liberty will do something um, something similar. But yeah, that I, I I will definitely be there. Eric Bowman, as we wrap up, uh, and we've been going for almost an hour here, and time just just seems to fly by. If you could put a bow on this thing and and, and kind of summarize, or if there's one message that that you want to get across to people who may be listening to this and and, and still wondering how. How was this guy able to process this? How is he, he able to be so upbeat? How have, have he and his wife been able to to survive this when, when, when other couples who've gone through a similar tragedy have not? Uh, what would you tell them? I, I, Dan, I think it goes back, and we'll end it the same as we started it. It is, it is God's amazing grace. And as many times in my life as I have sung the song, Amazing Grace. Um, it's not until you are faced with something um, life altering, life shattering, um, really and truly that you can see, um, you can see that grace. And I have had, uh, I call them God moments. I've had moments, a lot of them are at the cemetery um, where I really just felt um, 
God just nuzzle up right beside me and reveal things to me and show me things. And, um, you know, it is by, it is by faith that we believe, but I, I tell folks, I wish that I could open up my chest and show you my heart. It, it is not, there's no possible way that Eric Bowman would be sitting here, would be coherent, would be speaking, were Jesus Christ not alive and well, were he not what he said he was, what he proved that he was, um, and without him and his amazing grace, um, we, we would not survive. And, you know, I just encourage folks through whatever your storm, um, and it may not be this, it, it may be uh, relational, it may be financial, financial, it may be something emotionally you're going through, whatever your storm, if you think nobody on planet earth loves you, I can tell you one who loves you, who created you, and who has a desire for you just to seek him and seek his face. Those are incredible words to close out that interview from my friend Eric Bowman. God is continuing to bless he and Kim. They have started a brand new foundation in Emma's name called the Emma Bowman Foundation. One of the things that they've already been doing for years is providing bicycle helmets for children to help protect them from perhaps the, the same fate that Emma suffered 11 years ago. And they're also going to implement a scholarship that will be awarded on a yearly basis moving forward. You can find out more about the Emma Bowman Foundation at the page in that name on Facebook. And then if you want to hear Eric speak live, he will be at Blue Ridge View Baptist Church in Pickens on February the 19th at 6 p.m. Uh, my good friend, the pastor there, Mark Canarney, is bringing Eric in to speak to his congregation. So again, that's February 19th, 6 p.m. at Blue Ridge View Baptist Church in Pickens, where you can catch Eric Bowman speaking live about just what you've heard here. Folks, the premise of this show, above and beyond anything else, is to tell stories of God working in the lives of people. And if you don't think that it takes the grace of Jesus Christ to get through what Eric and his wife Kim have gone through, not only to survive the loss of a child, but to have another child in the years thereafter, only Jesus can provide that comfort and strength to get through and to take that horribly tragic situation and turn it into something good like Eric and Kim have. It's something that a number of people out there have gone through. Maybe many of you who are listening to this show today, some of you anyway, have, have experienced that. Reach out to Eric. Find him on Facebook. He talks to people all the time. Very, very open, very willing to share. And uh, you can... You can bet that if you reach out to him, that he and Kim will respond to you. Let's hear something else about Grand Slam Ministries, and we'll come back and uh, put a wrap on this edition of the show right after this. Don't go away. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor, an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure The Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. 
Want to see a listing of our affiliates? Check out videos or listen to past shows and explore our archives? It's all available at our website, danscottshow.org. And now, back to the show. Back to put a quick wrap on things. This fourth episode of our brand new radio show. Thanks again to Eric Bowman for sharing his testimony uh, and what God has done in his life and the life of his wife, Kim, after the tragic death of their daughter, Emma, 11 years ago, and and how God's grace uh, and love and mercy have just enveloped them and turning it into something good and positive for other people. Again, you can find out more uh, about them at the Facebook page, Emma Bowman Foundation, B-O-U-G-H-M-A-N. All of the information is there. And a reminder that Eric will be speaking on February the 19th at the 6 p.m. service at Blue Ridge View Baptist Church in Pickens. You need to hear this guy speak live. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. A couple of other things as we get into wrap-up mode here. I mentioned last week the uh, Rick Gage Go Tell Crusade. That is still on for Liberty. The The dates have changed slightly. I'll have all of that information moving forward the big thing is the location has changed instead of the new liberty high school football stadium it will be at the old liberty high school football stadium as you come into downtown liberty south carolina on highway 93 if you are in this area we'll be uh, honing in on all of the specifics and telling you much more about that and rick will be a guest on the show coming up in the not too distant future Also a reminder that I am looking for speaking opportunities, churches, men's groups, civic organizations, whatever. I love sharing the testimony, the miracle that God has done in my life, and obviously love talking about Grand Slam Ministries. I never ask for money. I don't charge anybody to come and do it. I leave that between the people who are asking me and the Holy Spirit. God has always been faithful on that. I come for nothing, folks. I want to come and share what Christ has done in my life and glorify him. Dan at danscottshow.org is the uh, place that you can email me if you have any questions. My last talk was this past Sunday at Love Springs Baptist Church in Cowpens. You can find that at the website. As soon as you open it up, the uh, YouTube block is right there, and it's about a 40-minute talk I gave uh, at Pastor Ron Culbertson's church. He got wound up and went for uh, about 30 minutes after I was done. It was an incredible service. You can go watch the whole thing at their YouTube page if you want to. And then the other thing as we get set to say goodbye, just a reminder that now that we have paid off the first full year of the radio show, thanks to the providence of God, it's time to start looking forward, expanding the show, and starting to fund our core missions of mentorship and making sure that our children have the basic necessities children all across the area what we are looking for and we'll talk about this in greater detail later on but as a start we're looking for a hundred people who can give ten dollars a month and a hundred people who can give twenty five dollars a month to start us rolling in that direction if you can do that if you want more information danscottshow.org and uh, that's where everything happens listen thank you so much for tuning in thank you for your support tell people about the show Help us share it, help us grow, and help us share what God is doing in the lives of people all over this country and this world. Until next week, I'm Dan saying God bless you. So long, everybody.